As I've already mentioned, uh, today we're continuing in our series, Origin Stories, talking about last week, the creation of the world. Today, we're talking about the creation of a people, starting with Father Abraham. We're starting in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. The one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. And Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. May the Lord bless the reading of this living word and may the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. As the trail went straight up, there were no more signs or blazes. I had a screenshot of the directions with approximate distances and descriptions of key landmarks, but no map. There were leaves covering the trail, but if I looked Closely enough, I could see where the leaves had been stamped down by others' footprints and gaps in the vegetation. I felt more confidence as I arrived at each of the landmarks. A few times I got off course and I had to stop and look to find the trail again, but I was gradually making my way. After I rested at an overlook, the trail was supposed to turn left and follow the ridge line, but it was unclear exactly where that turn was. I would walk on several steps from what I thought was the trail to hit a dead end. I turned on my phone and looked at the directions again. Did I miss something? I used my Compass app to walk in the direction I was supposed to go but I only met a steep, rock-filled canyon. There were two competing voices in my head, one saying, you got this, just keep looking for the trail, don't turn back now, and another that said, backtrack to the car. I scrambled down the rocks toward the river, yes, I listened to that first voice, The river was where I parked, and the trail eventually had to loop that way, but there was no obvious path. Then the other voice spoke to me loudly. 
What if you fall down and get hurt? There were no other cars in the parking lot. You don't have cell signal. The sun is going down and you don't have a heavy coat and you only have one granola bar and half a bottle of water. Forget about finishing. Go home. I finally decided to retrace my steps back down to the fire road. And I'm so glad I did. But even on the way there, there were a few terrifying moments of being lost before I found the landmarks that I knew. Do you wonder if Abram ever felt that way as he journeyed on to this land the Lord was going to show him? Abram had always followed in his father's footsteps. If you read chapter 11, he and his wife and his orphan nephew Lot had been traveling with his father from their land, their home in Ur to Canaan. But his father had decided to stop 600 miles into the journey, settling in Haran. Now that Abram's father was dead, he was going to have to plot his own course. He would have to decide whether to listen to the mysterious call of a perhaps unknown God to walk toward the Lord's remarkable promise or to stay in the comfortable dead-end place that he was in. You know, we have to decide too Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Some say it was understood by Abram that he was just continuing on the journey his dad had started. But that's not what the scripture says. The land that I will show you. The Lord could be leading him anywhere. But wherever that land is, Abram knows God is leading him into promise. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse and in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's no response from Abram. No words anyway. He and his family pack everything they have and hit the road. Was God's voice as persistent as Ceres? Jennifer already took my joke, but I'll do it again. In one mile, turn left. In a half a mile, turn left. In 500 feet, turn left, turn left. Rerouting. I get that message a lot. I'm always missing turns. Or did God just say, go west, old man, and give him some landmarks to watch out for? Abram wouldn't have had a map or a compass. Only the sun and the stars and the people he met on his journey. Only the still, small voice of the Lord whispering in his ear. Like Thomas Merton, Abram could rightly say, I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. But he trusted the God who called him would lead him by the right road though he might know nothing about it. Abram and his family traveled 400 miles before they would get to Canaan. And even after this 400-mile journey, a 1,000 miles, if you count the first part from Ur to Haran, 
at the close of the scripture we read, Abram has not seen any of God's promises come true. He has yet to have a child, and it would be 25 years between God's calling of Abram at 75. Can you imagine? To Abram and Sarah finally giving birth to Isaac in chapter 21. 25 years. Abram has arrived in the promised land, but he does not possess it. He, nor his children, nor his grandchildren, nor his great-grandchildren will possess it. But he doesn't know that yet either. He just keeps putting one foot in front of the other, trusting that God is guiding his path. And just as Abram had no roadmap or compass and perhaps no clue where he would end up, he had no Bible to read, no law to follow, no traditions to draw from. Abram was the beginning of Judaism. All Abram had was the voice of that mysterious God who came calling. As followers of Jesus, we know so much more about which way to go and how to find our way. But like Abram, our faith is still about listening for the calling of the God we find with us on the journey. The God who is always going somewhere, beckoning us to follow. Do you remember how it starts in the Gospel of John? When people start to notice Jesus? Two future disciples ask, Teacher, where are you going? And we would expect him to give them an answer. We would expect them to tell them a destination. But all he says is, come and see. Come and see. He keeps repeating that. The disciples repeat it to other future disciples. And 4,000 years after Abram's call, Jesus is still saying, come and see. Unlike Abram, we have a road map for faith. The Bible shows us the way of God's people and the way of Jesus. If you're feeling lost, unsure where to go, unsure where to turn, pick up your Bible. Read about the one step forward, two steps back story of Abram and Sarah and their ancestors. Read the stories of Jesus and His imperfect but faithful followers. Read the stories and letters of that miraculous and messy, messy early church. The Bible is the best source of direction that we have. But contrary to popular belief, the Bible is not like a GPS. It's a map. As Pastor Jennifer talked about so well and we laugh, Many of us don't know how to read a map anymore. Unlike our phones, maps don't give you a red pin showing where you are and a blue line showing how to get there. There are no turn-by-turn -turn directions. You have to use a map to find the way. The Bible shows us the path that God has laid out and the ways the people of God have and haven't followed them. In some parts, we can follow it clearly like the blazes every quarter mile on the Appalachian Trail. In some parts, it's pretty clear. 
The Bible is clear about God's unconditional love and compassion. The Bible is clear about God's commandments, including God's command to love our neighbors and our enemies as ourselves. The Bible is clear about God's dreams for the world. Jesus' dreams about earth becoming like heaven. But what do these things look like in practice in 2023? Often the Bible gives us a general direction, but we have to choose from many paths. And sometimes we have to walk through the wilderness blazing our own trail. There are many questions in life in which the Bible gives us principles to follow or the examples of others, but no step-by-step direction. Sometimes we are even unsettled by what we read or what we don't read what we feel like is missing. But there is a map within this map. When you're confused about the way a Bible verse is leading you, if it feels unsettling, then go back to the Gospels and find direction from what Jesus said or did in a similar situation. Find the way of Jesus. Abram didn't have a Bible His descendants didn't have anything written down until 1,400 years after his death. Jesus never wrote anything down, and his disciples waited until 20 to 60 years to write about his life. Most Jews and Christians would lack access to their own copy of the Bible in a language they could understand until the 17th or 18th century, maybe even later. And that's not that long ago. But yet, somehow the Lord still showed these generations the way forward through priests and rabbis who not only read the Scriptures, but had hidden God's Word in their hearts and passed it on orally. But also, also through mystics and ordinary saints like the ones sitting in the pew with you right now who had their ear to the ground, who listened for and heard God's direction, who shared with others their own stories of finding the way. If you're feeling lost, ask other people for directions. It's hard to ask for directions, isn't it? It means that we have to admit that we've gotten lost in the first place. It means being vulnerable. I'm ashamed to admit that I'm often a stereotypical male when it comes to this. We were driving to Floyd a few years ago and following, you know, the GPS through the tiny, windy roads with no cell signal. And somehow I had managed to close the Maps app. I thought we could just figure it out. I started zooming out, looking at the map. But Jenny pulled into a gas station and told me to go ask for directions. I'm, proud, I'm not proud to say I refused. <laughs> I was still in the car trying to plot it out, trying to figure it out. My way might have worked, but probably not. But the man at the gas station gave Jenny a clear, direct, safe path forward, which saved us a lot of trouble. 
If you don't know where to go, swallow your pride and ask for direction from someone you can trust. It can be an elder or a friend or a parent or a teacher or a pastor or a counselor or just someone that you see that you respect, someone you see walking in a way that you admire. Seek out the wisdom of saints. Seek out the wisdom of Christian thinkers, ancient and modern. Seek as many diverse perspectives as possible. I promise you, someone has had the question that you had before. You don't have to figure out where to go all by yourself. You don't have to chart your own course. And like me sitting in that gas station parking lot, you'd be foolish to try. But then there are these other times where you just have to trust your gut. When no one else is around. When you just have to trust the Holy Spirit speaking within you. If you're feeling lost, pray for the openness to hear God's voice within you. Sometimes the Bible and the wisdom of others might get you going in the right direction, but then you get to a fork in the road. And you pray, and you talk to others, and you think about it, and you wrestle with it, but there's no clear answer. And you just have to choose. But that's life. And that's faith. You'll take the wrong paths, and you'll hit dead ends, and you'll have to backtrack, and You'll take the right path and still second-guess the entire way. Often you won't know it to be right or wrong until you can see it in hindsight. And just as Abram journeyed to the Negev in stages, there are different stages in our faith, different stages in our life journey. Stages of energy and enthusiasm when we run up hills without effort. Stages in which you're knocked down by unforeseen roadblocks, injury and illness, aging and loss, failure, betrayal, disappointment. There will be stages when you find yourself walking in circles in the woods or stuck in one spot. Stages when you just need to sit down and rest. Stages in which you're somehow able to pick yourself up off the ground and dust yourself off and find a second wind, walking forward with new strength. Stages of stumbling down in the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. And stages of mountaintop awe over how far you've come. Abram's journey was like this all the way through. Abram would die wondering without a permanent home, wondering when and how God would finally fulfill the promise. But not all who wonder or wander are lost. Abram was found by God in the journey he was walking, exactly where he was. As Thomas Merton prayed ever with him, never leaving him to face his perils alone. And he found the way with the help of the God who directed him. As Merton said so well, find the right road, though Abram often knew nothing about it. The message this morning is, however lost you feel, 
Wherever you are stuck, wherever you are walking, however tired or unsure you are, keep going. Put one foot in front of the other. Stay on the path. You might not know where you're going. You might not be able to see how God's promises could possibly come true in your life. But as you walk, you'll find the footprints of Father Abraham and all of his descendants, all of our mothers and fathers in faith. And you will find Jesus, who not only showed us the way, but is the way, the truth, and the life. And you'll find all kinds of fellow travelers walking with you. Those are the people that show up and walk alongside you and carry you when you can't walk anymore. The Lord will never leave us to face our perils alone. He has given us each other. We will never walk alone. We will find the right road that we may know nothing about it. May it be so for all of us.